When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Songfacts podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, mental health is always something that is looked at through varying different lenses. And I've always looked at it as something that is very important to continue to try and have in your life. And without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace, well, that's hard. And the good news is that therapy works. I can attest to that personally. But what is therapy? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated, you need some tools to help you through a difficult time in life, or maybe you're just feeling insecure in relationships, not dealing well with stress. There's so many different things that are out there that can cause us to have mental health issues, and it can be so good just to go and talk with someone. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and just start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And now, a special offer to Songfacts podcast listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy. That's right, 10% off at betterhelp.com slash songfacts. That's betterhelp.com slash songfacts. Thank you again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast, and go have yourself a great day. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Song Facts Podcast. My name is Corey O'Flanagan, and I am your host. And as always, this podcast is proudly a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. If you're listening and you have been for a while... Go ahead and leave us a nice review. Five stars always works. And you know what? Reach out to me. Tell me if there's people I need to be talking to. I love finding new music. I love when people who are listening let me know. So it would be great to hear from you anytime. Today on the show, we have a legend of both music and social relevance. Mr. Lester Chambers, who was a member of the influential group The Chambers Brothers... These talented guys started out playing gospel, they went electric at Newport the same year as Dylan, which we hear all about, and they wrote the long-standing hit song, Time Has Come Today. Lester, who now plays with his new band, Moon Alice, with his son Dylan, so it's kind of gone full circle, staying in the family, shares some great stories and talks in depth about the financial side of the music business and how it can take advantage of so many artists, including himself. Moon Alice is playing a handful of shows this year, and it is so good, so be sure to check them out if they come near you. And please join me in welcoming Mr. Lester Chambers. Hey, 
Hello, Corey. Hey, how are you today? Great. I, just, I can't thank you enough for uh, doing this with me and spending a little bit of time. I've got a few questions, but I'm not going to take up too much of your time. Well, good. Whatever, however you feel. Are you right in the middle of a tour right now? Well, we're working, but not a tour. Oh, okay. We're, we're driving in and spending a night here and there and coming back. But I'd like to be on tour. <laughs> <laughs> the summer tour season is in front of us. Um, I know. I can't wait. So one of the things that I wanted to do is I'm, I just have an obsession with music history. And I, okay. so I'm, I'm going to try and for part of this just to utilize you to help me learn more about some of the times that, that you lived through and, and got to experience, if that's okay. Okay. But you have such an amazing origin story. So, Mr. Chambers, I just wanted to thank you so much, first of all, com for coming on to the Song Facts podcast. And I'd really like to start by getting the story of how you ended up from where you grew up in Mississippi to out in California. We, we got in the car one night and drove off. <laughs> Is that easy? And, and uh, after two, two and a half, three days, we wound up in California. But it was a struggle getting out of Mississippi on the road. So, uh, yeah. Now, did I read somewhere that it was a brother of, an older brother of yours who had served in the military and then he got stationed out there? And that's one of the reasons you guys did that? Well, he didn't get stationed out there, but when he came out of the service, he moved to, he went to California because he no longer wanted his brothers and sisters to grow up in a place like Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And so was the intention to start a family band? The intention was to just move to California and get out of Mississippi. Just get out. And, yeah. be, and be somewhere else, yes. Okay. A better place. And what year was this? Fifty, uh, uh, fifty-three. Oh wow! So you were you were just barely a teenager then, right? Yes. Wow! Incredible. Just, just a teenager, all of fourteen years old. So, can you talk to? Where'd you guys end up in LA? Yes. And what was going on in LA? Did you finish school then, or did you guys get right into music? Both. Oh, you did both. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And then what were some of the first um, songs, like what kind of style was the band doing uh, back then in like the late 50s, early 60s? Well, actually, we were a gospel group and sing only in churches during our earlier days in Mississippi, out of Mississippi into California. Mm -hmm. But we had problems with that, so we went to the coffee houses for, you know, something to do because we had it in our minds that we were going to be a singers. <laughs> and then at this point, you guys kind of transitioned to the coffee houses all around, but a lot of them in New York City around the same time that Dylan and things like that were happening there. Is that right? Correct. And. What I was reading this morning is you guys played in that one of those Newport folk festivals. And I think it was the one, was it the one where Dylan went electric? Yes, we were there. Can, and so I, I'd be remiss. This is one of the historical periods that I've just obsessed over. I'm just wondering how you guys transitioned from folk to electric at that same time. It just seems like it was a really tough decision for a lot of bands to make. Well, it was because... 
as you know, at that time, there were hardly any blues clubs or coffee houses were our only, uh, only outlet. So to go from the coffee houses to Newport was, that was a child. That was, a, <laughs> that was great, you know? And, and we got there, we had already been sort of playing with one electric guitar and one acoustic guitar and a gut bucket bass. So when we got to Newport, uh, people kept coming and coming and coming and we're going, oh my God, look at all these people. <laughs> and George Wynn was saying, we don't want no electric, no, no electric. None. Well, there was, so we had no choice. And we decided that with all those people, there's no way they're going to hear an acoustic guitar in the back. Yeah. So we went electric. You so you guys went electric at that same show. Yes. Oh wow, that's incredible. before Bob Dylan, but we got no credit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody talked about the four black dudes that went on stage and rocked the place out because our music was quite different. Yeah. We're doing Jimmy Reed, Bob Dylan's doing what he's doing. Yeah. And as we all know. And we're doing great rock and roll type get up and dance music, and people did, you know? But we didn't get any credit for it. So did you feel like that audience reacted differently to you all than they did with Bob? Yes. They screamed at Bob when he came out, go get your real guitar. But they were more receptive for you guys. No, they had no choice. <laughs> we, we had no choice, and we didn't give them a choice. We wanted to be heard, and we got heard. So then, from that point in time, it seems like it was kind of this smooth transition for you guys to start playing, mixing that gospel um, bass that you had with some more funky and bluesy and electrified tunes. Um, I think the Chambers Brothers had a big hit in the mid-60s with Time Has Come Today. I'm just wondering if you could kind of tell us a little bit of the story behind that song. It's just such a classic, amazing tune. Well, it, it was uh, developed by the four of us from traveling across country so many times from everywhere in the world. We were going to play coffee houses. And so was the beginning of the hippie uprising. Mm -hmm. And... People were walking all over the place, just lost with nowhere looking as if they were, had nowhere to go or nowhere to be. And uh, so the words, time has come today, uh, hit my brother, got my brother Joe's attention. And from there, we all pitched in and came up with time has come today. Okay. And one of the um, songs that is my has been one of my favorites by you all for as long as I can remember from when I first heard it probably 20 years ago it was funky the pot, 
I'm wondering if you guys were... Were you guys tied in at all with Sly and the Family Stone? Because that's the kind of vibe I now, get we, we Now, let's get this straight. Yeah, yeah. We, we were before Sly and the Family okay, Stone. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, we were a couple of years out front of Sly and the Family Stones. Let's Get Funky was written by me to, I was hoping to create and start a new dance because everybody was doing dances. Oh, you that's know, the right. The, the mashed potato. The, boo, the boogaloo, <laughs> the mashed potatoes, the watusi, you know, the chicken, the funky chicken. So I said, let's make it a, you know, funky tune and talk about what happened in your home, you, you know, and that's how that came up. But, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just curious because that was that kind of funk music. You guys must have really been at the front of that movement. Like there wasn't too many people playing with a wah pedal, really getting funky like that. Where did that sound come from for you guys? It was natural. We were African. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense, huh? That checks out. We got rhythm, man. We got rhythm. I really like that. Well, the rhythm carries on today. I've seen on YouTube some yeah. of you guys' live performances and you can still bring it. Yes, well, uh, you know, Let's Get Funky is uh, Moon Alice's now current uh, song on the market. Unbelievable. And in the radio plays. Yes, we did a, we did a great job of re- remaking it, and it's really going over well. I'm liking what you guys are doing with this new band. I think that you guys have found some really nice chemistry. I'm loving it. I, I'm, I'm glad. I, I, it's nice to see you smiling. So, uh, yes, it's, it's just nice to, to be, man. And so many people are friends. The old friends are calling. Like, I just had my birthday, and I must have gotten I, my phone is so full of messages <laughs> till I can't get any more messages. And it was just, you know, and they were all talking about Moon Alice is the greatest thing they've ever seen. Oh, I love it. And I know for sure it's, it's one of the greatest things I've ever done is become part of Moon Alice. So my son and my son Dylan thinks the same way. He's right beside me on every show we do. And what a pleasure. Oh, my God. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that because you started as a family band. You're now back in a family band yes. with your son. How does that feel? How does that rounding out, completing the circle thing? It's, it's just one big ball <laughs> of happiness, you know, and he it's just one big great joy. Well, it's, a, it's the greatest. I couldn't ask for a better thing than to be on stage with my son and the two sisters and all the guys in the band, they we're just a happy group of people that come together as a family. And we are families because the sisters now have children and my, my son and I and just Roger, we're just all great. I'd love to hear happy that. People. And that kind of thing really. And um, we love it. If you want to go ahead, you can. We are, and we all really love music. That's I think that that's the most clear thing. It seems like you guys are enjoying yourselves so much on the videos that I've watched. I'm in Denver. I have yet to see a Denver date set on the schedule, but I'm hoping. I know. <laughs> 
What's up with that, Denver? It's just such a good middle point, too. If you guys are going to be on the East Coast and West Coast, it seems like a logical place to stop. We would love to, and all they got to do is call the agent. I'm sure we'll be there. We're gonna try and we're gonna try and utilize this little airwave that we've got here to try and make that happen. If I can do anything Beautiful. to make that happen, I would love it. Well, just tell Denver Moon Alice love Denver. There we go. There we go. Um, so why not? You know. <laughs> okay, indulge me a little bit more because the time okay. the, the time that you all were really like pumping out some of your best tunes and just really in the middle of it was in that huge movement that we kind of touched on in the mid 60s going into the late 60s and i'm just so mm -hmm. curious how it felt if you can now looking back at it how it felt to be a part of something that was just so musically and socially crazy and just important well it was it was like total fulfillment of of being a musician, a singer, you know, because you got to you got to tell people in quanti and quality quantities. Yeah, lots of people at the same time was hearing your message, and it was it was a great way to get the message out because you know people pick up a newspaper, they read it, and they put it down. Yeah, they pick up a flyer, they read it, they use it to the back of it to take notes. And then it becomes torn apart. Music is played over and over and over and nationwide, worldwide. And people hear what you're saying and what you're thinking. And it was so great to be a part of help helping to deliver great songs to the public's ear. Can you remember like consciously thinking about writing a song that was for um try you know a funky song i want to create a new dance versus a few years later you guys are writing songs with really strong and important messages and was that intentional yes yes because as you know things weren't good then and they're a lot worse now but like i said earlier it was a great way to get your message out to get the words and we had been warned by the media and and booking agents and stuff like that if we participated in any of the protests or marches or if we sang at any of them we would no longer be booked hmm. by any of the agents and so we figured hey we don't have to be there. Let's get on the radio with it. Okay. You know, it's more important. Because those people that went to those marches and parades, they still remember it. But to hear the music that went with it, and several people at that particular time started to write music for those purposes. <clears throat> because they had been told the same thing. If you go to any of these benefits that are raising money for this protest of people against people, you won't be playing anymore. And several people you don't hear on the radio still. That's so interesting. That's so I figured that that kind of thing was happening behind the scenes, but you guys said, okay, you're going to block that door for us. Yeah. We're going to open up this door. We'll write the greatest song that's ever been written for. Time has come today. 
Oh, I really the young like heart. Yes, time has come today for heart, young hearts, all hearts, to go their way. Can't put it off another day. Nope. We got to. We got to do this. Oh, absolutely. So the, the need, the need for that now keeps being bigger and more, and really needs to be heard now. People really, really need to know that time has come for us to act like people and not animals and stop killing, shooting, and stealing from one another. You know, please. One of the greatest, one of the greatest things that ruined. The possibility for so many musicians were like musicians like us had so many great stories to tell as to how we were being robbed. And we're still being robbed. You know, we're like sharecroppers. We get a small percentage of the music we make, yep. just a small percentage. The record company gets the rest. What do they do with it? They don't share it. They all... No, they don't share it. They float around in yachts and drive around in Teslas and, you know, and here we are still walking. Yeah. Still rent, still renting homes, you know, and we made all this music. We supposed to got paid. We never got paid, you know. That was something I was, I was reading about that this morning and how that, that you, you've uh, partnered with um, one of the co-founders of Reddit about 10 years ago to try and um, help make some changes on that. And um, unfortunately, it's just a crazy, sad business when it comes to paying artists properly. It fell to deaf ears. And they... Just to, just to chime in here real quick. Hi, yeah. Dylan Hi, here. Dylan. Um, how you doing? Um, Lester didn't receive a royalty check for anything that he, like the Chambers Brothers had, had recorded into like the mid nineties. I read that. So there were like times in my life growing up where we were like going to like food banks and church handouts for food because, uh, we didn't have, you know, we didn't have money for food, you know? And, um, you tell people who are, that know who the Chambers Brothers are, like, how, what did you do? Did you spend it all on drugs or did you gamble it all? How come you don't have any money? And, and, and then they don't realize that it was very predatory in that time. There was like mafia involved in a lot of record labels and most artists just got like the worst deals that you could possibly imagine. But, you know, from their perspective, they're like, hey, I, this is the only way I'm gonna get heard. So I've, I've got to sign this contract so I can record my music. And, you know, there's like a handful of cats who are, you know, who have made it out successfully from the 60s with like owning the majority of their rights yeah. or becoming, you know, financially stable from their music. But um, yeah, like Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah. Right. Or the Stones or something. Uh, like yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Or the it's, Beatles, it's, right? when you look at this life that they have and the way they have treated musicians of color throughout the world, throughout the time of our lifetime, we have not yet been treated right and it's ridiculous to think that someone could write a song that sells 10 20 you know out of all of the records out of all the years of time has come today it's never been a day gone by since we recorded that song and it was released that it hasn't been played on the radio in every state in in the United States, yep. just about. And we've only gotten one tiny little gold record for it. It's so that sad. That record must be, it must be 10 times platinum. 
So if you if you don't get your record, if you don't get acknowledged, how are you going to get paid? Stay tuned for more Song Facts Podcast right after this. What would you be able to, what, what could you learn from that if you could go back now and would you be able to make a different deal or would, would that just not be possible? Well, of course the deal would be different now because the times are different now. And the uh, percentage that they give musicians now uh, would be different. But I think they should have, you know, most musicians that recorded way back when we did, especially if you're a white musician, your, your, your contract was upgraded, your pay scale was upgraded. Yeah. And, if you're, and if you're people of color, you don't get upgraded. You don't get upgraded. You just keep making that same little three points. It's pretty much just sign this or never be heard by that's anybody. Why, that's why I consider musicians job as a sharecropper. You know, the record company gets all the money and they take five guys and give you three pennies of that dollar hmm. and call you and you, you make all the money. You do all the traveling. You you risk your life. You, you, you know, and the, the real sad and sick thing about it is the country we live in don't recognize musicians as as workers. We do not get insurance. I hear that. They will they will not allow. They will not give musicians insurance because we are assigned risk. Oh, they I will see. Not, they will not insure your equipment because it's high risk for being stolen. And the travel and all that. So it's almost like it's a pre-existing not, condition to be a musician. Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. I did not know that. It's, Unbelievable. Um, I, I, Dylan, I want to thank you for chiming in and, um, and I just thank you for educating me, educating my audience. I, I love to hear this kind of stuff. It's very important to get this kind of information yes. out. So thank you so yes. much. Um, Moon Alice is, ah. let, let's circle back a little bit okay. because Moon Alice has just been, it looks like it's just been such a great time for all the fans and then the band alike, which we kind of touched on. You guys release yes. the Curtis Mayfield song, People Get Ready. People get ready. That's a train, a train of coming. You don't need no baggage. You just get on board. All you need is faith. You can hear the diesel's coming. You don't need no Right. which was prominently featured on Quest Love's award-winning documentary, Summer of Soul. Shout out to Quest right. Love, made a hell of a film. Great, great. Um, did how did this song become uh, really important for you guys to, to record and release now? Well, because it has a message. As the great one of the greatest messages you could ever have. We all have to get up and get ready to go anywhere, to be anywhere, to do anything, you have to get ready, be ready. And that's one of the main things that people don't understand is you need 
time. And if you don't take time to get ready, then you're angry, angry about being where you have to be. You're not happy. Make yourself happy. Take time to get ready to do what you have to do. And be at peace with yourself and the world. I think that that's really important. One of the things that I get when the more people that I talk to is people have a hard time forgiving themselves and they really punish themselves mentally. Um, and so I think a message like what that song has of just what you're saying, just get ready, get yourself right, and then you can be the best version of yourself to the rest of the world. To the rest of the world. Yes. And it's so important that people 60 years 60 years I've been singing that song. It's amazing. People get ready. 60 years I've been singing more. I've been singing Time Has Come Today. And there are so many other great songs. Yeah. You know, like when we when we originally they did the song going uptown to Harlem. There was a whole movement going on to where if you were black and lived in New York, don't think you're going to get a taxi, okay? You cannot get a taxi. The only way you could get a taxi was to have a white person stop it for you and act like they were going to get in it and you got in it. So Betty Mayberry at the time wrote this song because she was a victim and a female victim of transportation. It doesn't make sense to own a car in New York unless you live in the suburbs. So she lived in Manhattan and could never get a taxi and, and, and there was nowhere to hang out in, in New York Harley when she wrote that song for blacks. Hmm. And so she wrote this song, I'm going uptown to Harlem. down in Harlem and thank God it became the favorite song for Quest Love yeah. and his movie. It was perfect for Summer of Soul. It, it really was. That that really just kind of like tied the whole story together yeah. I felt. And did you see that huge audience? Oh my that God. Came to, Central Park has never had that many people in it before or since. But the weird thing is Summer of Soul was uh, uh, the Harlem Cultural Festival was before Woodstock. Oh, that's right. It was the same summer, but it was earlier, right? Yes. So that's why the Harlem Cultural Festival got dumped in the basement because they wanted Woodstock to shine. Mm. Well, Summer of Soul, uh, our cultural festival was black. Woodstock was white. Yeah, very much. 
And if you look at the stage and the equipment that was provided for us was very minimum. There was no wall of sound back there. No sound company would come, would even talk to us about equipment for the, for the festival because they thought we were going to flop hmm. and not be able to pay the bill. So we had to bring our equipment, our personal equipment with us for that gig, you know? I mean, for, but, for me, for someone ahead. who loves reading and learning about this period, like I, I knew about the festival, but when I was able to finally see that documentary and then really start learning more about it and, and just hearing what you have to say about it too, it just is, it's never ending amount of amazingness at how people were mistreated and it's just as it's so sad because it's such good music was such a good message too yeah it's great music great music great people great cast of musicians and bands oh my god what an enjoyment oh i like to see you smile when you think about it what enjoy what an enjoyment it was just so I'm just, I got one more question for you and then I'm going to let you get back to it because you, you guys got a lot going on with all the music that you're playing. And that's what I kind of want to ask as, you about. As, as, as soon as we're done, I'm in the car. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on my way to uh, I, another part. I'm just curious, when you're standing on stage now at these shows, what's the best part of playing these songs to these new audiences? Well, the ones that haven't heard it, the best thing is knowing that they got to hear it. They get to hear the message. And that I got to sing it to them like I did in the 60s. Yeah. Again. And they're a lot of them are like, wow. <laughs> and all, you know. And the greatest thing about it is having that audience come to see you and still loving what I, what I can bring to the table or to the, to the show or to the audience, you know, I just love it, you know? Well, we love it too. And I, I can't thank you enough for spending some time with me. I'm going to make, I'm going to make however many people I can know about it in Denver so we can get you guys to come here. And, yeah. and if not, maybe I'll just try and drive out to the West coast and catch a show. Cause I, I don't know. It just seems like this is the right time to be doing this. And uh, okay, Moon Alice is worth driving to see. We will leave it right at that. Lester Chambers, thank you so much for your time. All the best to you and yours. I hope that you guys have a great rest of your kind of tour. And um, I, yeah. I hope to see you out there. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to Lester for coming on the show sharing so many great stories about both his career, the ups and downs, and the amazing songs that he's been a part of. As always, guys, for the stories behind the songs, go to songfacts.com and be sure to go check out Moon Alice. Looks like they are just crushing it out there. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.